How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Redskins podcast. I'm your host, as always, Zach Hicks. You can find my work on Breaking Football and the Breaking the Draft podcast with my co-host, Jonathan Valencia. I'm joined by Justin Byram. You can follow him on Twitter at Justin underscore Byram. How's it going, Justin? Doing well. How you doing, Zach? Doing pretty good, man. Glad to have you on here. I know a lot of people, you know, I've actually got messages from some people saying, like, have Justin on. He's, he's a good Redskins dude, knows his stuff, so... I'm glad I could uh, finally get you on here after, again, me rescheduling all the time. I know it's it always happens this way with me <laughs> for some reason, but I'm glad to finally get you on here, man. Yeah, happy to be here. So today we are going to be doing our kind of free agent preview. I know we're kind of still like a month away from free agency, but it's the talk of the town right now with Redskins fans. I mean, we all want to know who we're bringing back, who we're bringing in, and also a little bit of draft stuff. So I got Justin on here who knows free agents, knows the Redskins, and he's also a big draft guy. So we're going to start off by just going right down the Redskins free agents this year. So let's start off with the big name. And no, we're not going to say Kirk Cousins because he is not coming back whatsoever. That is officially done. So the biggest name now, the Redskins have a chance to re-sign Zach Brown. So Justin, what's your take on Zach Brown and should we re-sign him? I mean, I would love to re-sign him. The, the tricky part about that is, is that, you know, what is Zach Brown worth? He's a great linebacker. He's big. He's fast. He's physical. He's sideline to sideline, but he's not quite where you'd like him to be in coverage. And, you know, in today's NFL with all the passing and all these inflated stats with quarterbacks, you want someone who's going to hold up in coverage pretty well. So is he that, you know, top tier money, the Luke Keekley money? No, but he's a very solid piece. And I think that we got a snapshot of what he can do this year, you know, flying sideline to sideline, really helping us against the run with Jonathan Allen going out wasn't quite as good. But when he's got some decent players in front of him, he can be an impact player. So, I mean, I would love to bring him back. And with any free agent, you know, I don't want to harp on this at every guy we go under, but it's all about the right price. You know, what is he worth? So, you know, if they can give him a fair deal, he's a local kid, I would love to have Zach Brown back in Burgundy and Gold. Yeah, I think I'm the same way. Again, like, I compared him throughout the year kind of to, like, a Chris Thompson type, but for defense. You know, he's an elite role player. But if you're kind of asking him to do superstar all the time, like Chris Thompson, he's not going to be an every down back. Zach Brown's not going to be a great coverage backer. But if, if you want a guy who's going to be your speedy athletic backer, who can make plays in the run game and be one of your more dominant run defenders, Zach Brown is awesome. I love Zach Brown. Yeah. So I, I ask you, though, what's your kind of cutoff? So like per on a per year basis, what's the most you would pay him? So... I'm actually probably not the most qualified person to answer that. I don't really. So I do follow a lot, and I'm really big into the draft. But I don't follow the contract stuff as much, so yeah. I don't. I don't have a good number on that. I mean, he's definitely he's a very good linebacker. You know, he was on pace to kill the. He would have led the lead in, league in tackles by a significant margin if he wouldn't have gotten hurt. I think he was up by like 15 or 20 when he ended up going yeah. out for the last couple games of the season. I mean, that's that's a big number, but you know. Probably that tier under. You know, I'm not paying him top money, but I'm paying him above average starter money. And, you know, I'm, I'm okay with that because the, the scheme they run, he doesn't have to be perfect in coverage, but if he's consistently, if you let him play forward and you let him attack the ball, your C ball, fine ball, I'm okay with that contract and that value. Yeah, I think I'm the same way. I know a lot of people have been throwing around like $6 million a year, which is kind of like average starter money. I don't I don't think he's going to accept around $6 million except... Unless he like goes on the market, no team wants him, and he comes back, I could see like a six million dollars a year contract. I think what it'll probably be is around like eight to ten, and I think with the new cap space, I would probably sign him at that much. I, again, I think that's a little too rich for me, just because again, like you said, I see the flaws in his game. His pass coverage is not great, and it, it's really bad, and it kind of hurts the team at times. 
But, I mean, you know, 8 to 10, it, it's a little bit of an overpay, but I feel like with the extra cap space, with, you know, having that continuity on defense, having a guy who's gelled with the defense, I'd be okay with paying him that much. Yeah, and you make a good point with the with the salary cap numbers. That's what's tough. So I, I used to look into contracts more, but it seemed like every time I do research, the next month later it's out of date because the salary cap yeah. keeps going up and up. So, you know, you see these contracts. Oh, he's going to be the most the highest paid linebacker in the NFL. That lasts for about 10 minutes. So it is tough to gauge value and how they'll – and, you know, there's so much with incentives and roster bonus versus guaranteed. So I've never really gotten too much into it. But, you know, if they can work something out, I'd love to have them back, bottom line. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly where I am with him. But let's now jump to a more controversial type player. You know, people either love this guy, they hate him, they think he's a head case, they think that his cockiness is great. Rashad Breland, he is an yeah. unrestricted free agent. Uh, apparently, rumors are he might get more than $10 million on the open market. So what's your take on Breland and should we bring him back? So don't get me wrong. I, I love Rashad Breland. You know, he's had some good moments with the Redskins, but at the end of the day, it's not that I don't want him back. I just think the market's going to price itself out, and yep. I don't think the Redskins are prepared to pay him what another team's going to. We always have, we haven't always been the best at drafting. We haven't always, you know, hit on those middle to late rounds. And he was, he's fourth round pick, developed well, you know, it, he's a homegrown talent, and you don't like to let those walk away. But you also have to be disciplined. In the fact, so I'm a business guy, and I look at things, whether it's the draft or free agency, from a very business perspective, supply and demand. And he's just, he's going to price himself out of the Redskins range. And you do have to be disciplined because you have to view him as what he is. I think Brassad Breland is a very good corner. Don't, don't get me wrong. Don't quote me. I don't want him coming after <laughs> me on Twitter. But um, I do think he's number two corner. Um, I think he's a very good number two corner who might get number one money on the market. And I'm just, you have to be disciplined and pay value. So I, I'm not willing to pay that number one cornerback money that I think he's ultimately going to get. Yeah, that's my thing too. Do you really want to invest like that much money into two corners that, don't get me wrong, I love Norman, I love Breland, but are they really that great where you're going to invest $29, $30 million a year of contracts into these two guys? I, I just don't see that with Breland. I like Breland too. I think Dunbar is actually pretty comparable to him. I think Dunbar is, is just as good in coverage, maybe not as great in the run game, even though Breland actually scored really poorly with, with uh, Pro Football Focus this past year in run defense. But, I mean, again, I like Breland. I think he's had some great games, fourth-round pick, like you said. And you don't want to lose those guys. But I think with, with a lot of the kind of off-season issues we have with him, with him speaking out against coaches, with, with all this stuff, with him wanting to be a number-one corner, I just feel like the separation needs to happen. And, I, yeah. again, I, I'm fully okay with it. I, I like Breland again, but I'm ready to move on from Bashar Breland just because I just don't see the fit here anymore, you know? And it is one of those things, and I'll be up front, I don't have inside sources, any type of that thing. But, you know, if you read between the lines, it the, the writing's on the wall that maybe this is a situation that's best for both sides. It, does, it doesn't always seem like he is dying to sign a contract extension here. I think he knows. You know, it is a business. That's a that's a cliche thing, and players talk about it all the time. Oh, it, you know, I'd like to be back, but it's a business. Yep. And it is. You know, he understands that, you know, maybe he gets a fresh start as a number one in a different scheme with a lot of money in his pocket. You know, sometimes you have to accept that. And the other thing is, is that the Redskins have invested a lot of money in the cornerback position. You know, you talked about Norman, but then not just money, draft capital. I mean, they drafted, what, a third round on Monroe. Uh, I hope I'm saying that right. I don't think I've ever heard anyone actually say his name. Uh, last year's draft, you know, Dunbar has surprised. It, they they have a lot invested in that position. They had, you know, obviously Fuller's gone, and that stings, but it's definitely a priority position to the Redskins. 
Yeah, exactly. And yeah, Fabian Moreau and Joshua Holsey, also the seventh round corner that came in as a, uh, last year as well and actually looked really good in training camp. That's a lot of corners that they've invested a lot of money in. And then throw in that this is a really stacked cornerback class. I just don't see the yep. immediate need to bring back Rashad Breland. So again, I like Breland, but I think it's time to kind of move on from him. Now, next guy is another free agent signing from this past year that just did not work out. And let's, let me, Terrell Pryor, uh, would you bring him back for anything at this point? Or, or Terrell Pryor, just what's your take on him? I mean, honestly, probably not. I mean, anything. I mean, if it's going to be some minimum contract, an NFL minimum, then great. <laughs> sure, be a camp body. I mean, you're 6'4", you can do some freaky things. But at the end of the day, people get on him, and it's still impressive. But you see the workout videos, and you see the one-handed catches, and you see the practice stuff. And at the end of the day, if it doesn't translate onto the field when you're on the 53-man roster, it doesn't really matter. And he had what? I think he had one, you know, kind of splash play. I forget who we were playing, but Chiefs. Cousins hit him with the bomb. The Chiefs, is that who it was? Yep, it was the Chiefs. I wouldn't say the Raiders, but I knew some of those AFC West teams. Yeah. The, Ra- the Chiefs had yep. a nice long touchdown. And other than that, I mean, his route running isn't very – it's not poor, but it's not crisp. He's, he doesn't create a lot of separation. I, I I would not be very interested in bringing him back, to be honest. Yeah, he just doesn't fit what Gruden wants out of his receivers. He either wants you to be a pure speed demon and run down the field and, and give us kind of that space, or he wants you to be a guy who can go over the middle and catch the ball in traffic. Pryor's not really that. I mean, he, he can get down the field, but he doesn't really scare a defense down the field because he doesn't really high point the ball. He doesn't really do well in contested situations. Over the middle, it's the same, kind of the same story. You know, if you throw it to him in traffic, he's going to try to body catch. He's going to be scared of contact, and he's just not going to catch the ball. So it's just not a very good fit at all. I think, actually, I've heard rumors of him going back to Cleveland. I think that would be an okay fit for him, just because, you know, he gets to go back home. He gets to kind of refine his receiver skills again, and he doesn't have to be an immediate threat because, honestly, he wasn't good last year. So he's not going to be expected to be a stud like he was coming in this year with the Redskins. So I think, overall, this whole Redskins fit was just not good with him. And I'll be honest, I mean, I was really hyped about this guy. I, I saw him in training camp a couple of days, and, and he was making some insane catches. But if you can't do it on the field, you know, you, it, nothing really works. You know what I mean? Uh, to jump yeah. into two more guys now, though, these guys are some underrated guys. Uh, guys that I – one of them I was really not high on going to see at all. I know a lot of Redskins fans weren't. But Ryan Grant and Spencer Long, I think these two guys, in my opinion, are two guys I want to bring back, of course, at the right price. But what's your take on these two players? Yeah, so I'm kind of right with you. I mean, I I have been a critic of Ryan Grant. Yep. There have been some some players that maybe went a little later, maybe came on undrafted, that maybe have a little bit more physical gifts, maybe a little more upside than him. That at times I they can really develop this guy as he a better long term thing than Grant. And you know, Grant really had you know for his role a breakout year. He's never going to be you know wide receiver one or two for that matter. But what he is is he's a reliable guy. He runs good routes, and at the end of the day, if someone gets hurt, you know, knock on wood, because if anyone follows me on Twitter, you know I love Josh Doxson, and I'm still <laughs> waiting for his full potential to kind of burst through. I'm hoping that's year three, because yeah. people come at me every time he doesn't do something well. <laughs> but, you know, God forbid, let's say he goes down, next man up, and, you know, Ryan Grant is a really good guy to kind of have on the bench. He takes some snaps every game, but if someone does go down for a couple weeks, he's going to be a solid number three receiver that you can rely on to be in there, you know, every down if someone does go down Mm -hmm. so i really like his between his value and what he brings and you know he's getting to that point that you know he's a veteran presence in the locker room gruden's really high on him you hear the jokes about ryan gruden and everyone echoes his work ethic you know he's a guy that i want around you know this organization is not known for 
stability or any really many positive things. So those are the type of guys, you know, another guy like Freeland, you know, you drafted him late, he's developed, he's done well. You know, he's not a superstar, but, you know, they don't all have to be superstars. Yep. So that's a guy I want to keep around. And kind of the, sim- uh, the same with Long. You know, he's probably, it's kind of like Breland. I think he might be able to get a starting gig, maybe a little bit more money somewhere else. I don't know how I feel about him at left guard, because, you know, we do a big void there. But, you know, I would love to bring him back and let him. I thought he looked good in center, and so did Chase. But, you know, let them battle it out at camp. Best man win, and then that's great depth. Either way, whoever ends up winning that battle out, whoever is sitting on the bench, and both of them have position flexibility to play guard or slide into center. I, those are the type of guys I love to have mm-hmm. because you know injuries happen. It's part of football. So I, at the end of the day, I'd love to have them both back. I think Grant will be back if I you know had to guess. But um, Long, I'm not feeling so great on. I just think someone kind of similar to Breland's going to give him a little bit more money, a little bit more playing opportunity. But uh, you know they're both guys I'd love to have back. Yeah, I'm I'm there exactly where you are with both those guys. I think Ryan Grant will definitely be back, and I want him back. Like because what you said, he's great depth. He's not really a wide receiver one, two, or three, but you know if your wide receiver four works that hard and he can get open and he can make some plays every now and then and be a reliable player, I'm cool with that. You know, it's kind of like Justin Hardy over in Atlanta. You know, he 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 makes those plays every now and then. It's like, oh, he's still on the team. That's cool. But you know, he's going to be there. He's always going to be that reliable player for the quarterback. So I like Ryan Grant, and I, th- I think I'm the same way with Spencer Long too. It's like I want him back. He's a good center. He's really good in space. He really fits what the Redskins like to do. But when you have a young, very cheap option right behind him who you don't think is is that much of a difference as a player in Chase Rie, I, I just don't see them bringing back Spencer Long. But moving on to two more free agents here, a pair of pass rushers here, Trent Murphy and Junior Gillette. Completely different seasons last year, obviously, but what's your take on those two, and should we bring them back? I mean, for me, I'm, tr- I'm giving them both, you know, prove-it deals. Gillette's a little bit more complicated than Murphy. So Murphy coming off the injury... And, you know, the suspension, I'm not willing to hand him a lot of money. I know he had that one breakout, but, you know, then the PEDs came into it. So, you know, it's kind of, you don't know. But I would love to have Murphy. You know, one thing, as painful as it is for Redskins fans, we had to watch the Eagles win the Super Bowl. And I think one thing that I really took away from their Super Bowl winning team was how much depth they had at their defensive line and their rushers. And I think Murphy is a solid guy, you know, Kind of similar to what we talked about with Grant. He's not going to be, you know, he's not going to be Von Miller tearing off the edge. He's not even going to be Kerrigan, who is not Von Miller, but he's consistent as hell and consistently gets the quarterback, consistently does his role. But that's a guy you want coming off the bench. And I think he's got a little flexibility that, you know, if you want to get those, you know, some people call them NASCAR speed packages where you got a lot of rushers on the field at the same time. He's a bigger guy. Kick him in. Let him bully a guard. Let him try to win with speed while Galette's on the outside. I say that because moving on to Galette, that's a guy I really want to bring in, bring back. Two Achilles, I get that he wasn't fantastic last year. The numbers aren't there. That's a tough injury to come back from. And, you know, it takes some time to get that explosiveness back. But I think if you watch the film and you watch him rush, you know, he's that half a tick off. He's getting pressure, but he doesn't quite get home to the quarterback. And, you know, with time, Achilles injury, he's going to get that explosiveness back. I think he can really be a big piece. You know, you're not going to hand him a bunch of money because he just blew two Achilles didn't really do too too much last year so I would love to bring him back at the end of the day I mean he's one of the more outspoken players on Twitter and (laughs) he's not happy with his playing time and frankly I can't blame him you know he's a competitor he wants to be out there he wants to be rushing the quarterback 
So if it's something they can work out, I would love to have both of them back. That's kind of, you know, that's one of our deeper positions, especially bring those two guys back. You got Kerrigan and Smith and the two of them, you know, then you're not looking at spending a high draft pick on one of these edge rushers because I'm not super in love with this edge class anyway. I would love to have them both back. Will they both be back? I'm not sure. I would think that Murphy would be back. Glett is a little bit of a wild card, though. But do I want them back? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm actually with you completely on both of them. Galette, I, I love what he brings to the table because he's just something different. You know, Smith, uh, Murphy, and Kerrigan, for instance, they're, they are all, like, power rushers. They're going to drive linemen back into the quarterback's lap, but they're not really going to give you much. I mean, Smith obviously gives you a little bit more. But Glett's that traditional speed rusher. You know, he's a guy you, you can sub in, and he can be something different. And that, that's how you can screw up, you know, an offensive game plan. If you throw power rusher after power rusher at them all game, and then you bring in this shifty, quick player. And, you know, he wasn't what he was, obviously. After two Achilles tears, and now he's pushing, I think he's mid-30s now or something, early 30s, something like that. I don't know exact his exact age. But he actually showed something at the end of last year. You know, he's not what he was, again, obviously, but... He showed some of that pass rushing ability at the very end of last year when he was forced into more playing time. He looked really good. And then I'm, I'm completely with you on Trent Murphy, too. I think he had a great year uh, two years ago, and we're just not talking about it. And he's going to be very cheap. And, you know, he didn't play one game last year. He got hurt in preseason. And then he also had the four-game suspension for PEDs. I don't expect him to cost much at all. I would easily bring him back. That That's probably the easiest decision of this offseason, honestly, is just bringing him back because he's not going to cost much. gives you a lot of upside continuity. I love it. But... We have some other things to get into here, so let's just go down the rest of the free agents here, and I'll just give you guys name, and you say if you want to bring him back or not. So, first guy here, Sean Laval. Bring him back or no? Probably not, to be honest. D'Angelo Hall? No. Uh, Niles Paul? Yes, absolutely. Will Compton? Yes. Uh, let's see. Brian Quick? Uh, no. Phil Taylor? Yes. Uh, Ty Insecki? Yes. Okay. Dustin Hopkins? Yep. And Shazer Everett? Yes. That's kind of where we stand with all these. I actually agree with pretty much all of that there. And I like the hard no on D'Angelo Hall because I'm 100% with that one as well. Listen, I mean, he, he's, he's been a great pro. You know, we have not had very good teams since he's been here. I think he's been to playoffs, you know, twice since he's been here. He's been around a pretty long time. I have a lot of respect for what D. Hall's brought to this team and, you know, being a coach on the field. But Father Time's undefeated and, you know, it's not going to change with him. Yeah, I, I I like him. It's weird. I like if they were to offer him like an assistant DB coach job, I'd be cool. I like him in the locker room. I like him in this around this franchise. I like him teaching the young guys, but I don't want him to suit up in a uniform anymore and go out there. Because I mean, it was horrible watching the drop off from a guy like Monte Nicholson, this big, athletic, beautiful safety who will kill you, to a very slow, injured older safety who just won't even touch you really in, in any kind of capacity like tackling wise it was such a big drop off and it just made me kind of made my opinion of him drop so much more which is completely unfair but it was just such a drop off and he, he just doesn't have it anymore it's, it's time to to move on from him for sure yeah. now let's jump into kind of our quick free agency stuff now we're not going to go into a, a full free agent off season right here but just and I are going to each say one dream guy that we want for the team here in the off season and also one realistic guy. So first off, your dream guy. Who is your dream free agent signing this offseason? So I'm actually going to go a little bit of a different direction. You know, a lot of people throw out the big names and, you know, the Allen Robinsons, those type. I'm going to go with a little bit different guy. Maybe not quite as much hype, but I really think he'd fit well with what we're doing. So, you know, we traded Fuller away, mm-hmm. and that stings. But, you know, you got to look at the bigger picture there. 
that's a, a whole different conversation. We can do a whole podcast on. So I'm not going to get into it. But at the end of the day, there is a hole at slot corner. Yep. So Lamarcus Joyner, yeah. if you watch the Rams play this year, was phenomenal. Wade Phillips really unlocked his potential. You know, he's playing from the slot. He's playing high. He's playing strong safety. He's not the biggest guy, but he he can he pops behind his pads. And I love that flexibility. So he's a guy that I think, I know you're a big Monte fan, and I am too, but, you know, the injury questions, I've kind of compared him to, you know, is he going to end up being the Jordan Reed of defense? You know, yeah. he's big, shiny, he's a sports car, and he's great when he's out there, but he's always dinged up and in the garage. He's never quite healthy. If you can have Swearinger and Nicholson and Joyner on the field, I think he can drop down, cover the slot really well, which is a big opening now. I think you can kind of... You know, you talked about with the edge rushers, you know, you want different edge rushers. You don't want all these power guys. You want some speed mix in there. I think you can really mix the three of them. They have very uh, well-rounded skill sets. You can really make it difficult for an opposing quarterback. So I'm going with LaMarcus Joyner. Yeah, I really like LaMarcus Joyner. I was actually very close to picking him for mine, too. I think he was like the second or third option I considered just because, you know, the Rams aren't moving on from him because he's a bad player. They're moving on because they have a younger version of him in in, uh, John Johnson that they drafted last year, who is a very good player in his own right, yep. but, but LaMarcus Joyner, I mean, you you get a very athletic guy with cornerback fluidity who can play safety, and that's exactly what the Redskins need right now. They need a slot corner, and they also need a third safety. DeShazer Everett, like we said, we're in a, we want to bring him back, but is he really much more of a special teamer slash, like, in a pinch spot starter? Probably not, but LaMarcus Joyner, he can be kind of your your guy who can step in, say Swearinger uh, is injured, or or Monte gets injured, which we saw a lot of last year, Joyner can step in and be a very good piece back there. And then he can also come down in the cornerback spot too. So I really like LaMarcus Joyner. I think that would be a very fun one. I think my my big dream one, I've kind of mocked him a lot to the Redskins through offseason stuff, is Justin Pugh from the from the Giants. They yeah. really, We really need to fill that left guard spot. And I don't think Pugh's going to cost that much because I know he played left tackle a little bit last year. He played center. The Giants were throwing him everywhere because he was their only viable option on the offensive line. And he is set to hit free agency because the Giants have no cap space whatsoever. And not because that he's a bad offensive lineman on a bad team. So I think he will actually get undervalued as a result of that because he was jumping around and because he's an offensive lineman that's hitting free agency from a very bad offensive like line team. But Justin Pugh, I mean, he's a very good player. A couple years ago, he was one of the better linemen in the division. And I think if you just plug him there at the left guard spot, you don't ask him to do too much except play left guard for this Redskins team. I think he'd be an excellent signing for the Skins. Absolutely. Now let's jump into our realistic uh, players here. So who is your realistic player you think the Redskins are going to target? So a realistic one, I could see, and I'll throw out two names, uh, Carlos Hyde or Isaiah Crowell type. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a big fan. You know, people, I've heard both sides. I would like them to sign a running back because at the end of the day, for me, trading away Fuller and trading away that third pick hurts because I do a lot studying with the draft. That's kind of, you know, my passion. I like the draft. I like analyzing it. And where I think teams are really going to win in this draft is that second through fourth round. There's a lot of talent to go around in those kind of middle rounds. You know, I don't think there's a ton of slam dunk. This is a top 15 guy in any class. Like he's, you know, he's that guy. Mm-hmm. But there is a lot of guys that this is a really good round two grade. He might not come in and dominate day one, but you develop him. He's going to be a starter for your team for a long time. So you're losing that third round hurts. You know, I don't think it's a secret that the Redskins need more at running back than Chris Thompson. Chris Thompson is great. He's a great guy. He's a great locker room guy. He is fantastic at what he does. But at the end of the day, they just don't have much other than him. So I'm a big fan of signing a running back 
just to make sure. And, you know, if the chips fall that way and they draft, let's just say Darius Geis, for an example, mm-hmm. running back one, pick 13, maybe they trade back, uh, they get Geis. Whatever. Competition is a great thing. So you've yep. got Thompson and you've got Geis. The re- other three of you compete for it. And, you know, maybe he gets cut, maybe he gets traded for, you know, a seventh-round pick. But I don't want to be pigeonholed going to the draft. So I, I'm a big fan of signing a guy. That way you have draft flexibility. Competition brings out the best in people, so I'm a big fan of adding competition to every position, but I think running back is a big position the Redskins need to address. Yeah, I completely agree. I watched a lot of their coaches' film for the Redskins last year. Each week I watched it just to kind of prepare myself for the podcast. And yeah, Fat Rob was just not getting it done. He's just not an athlete. He's not a natural running back. And he needs either someone to push him or he needs to be off the roster because it, it, was, it was really bad at times last year. And you can kind of say the same thing about uh, P. Ryan last year. P. Ryan's not a bad running back. He does a lot of little things very well. But the one thing that he does wrong that drives me completely insane is he has the worst contact balance I've ever seen for a bowling ball type running back. I mean, he gets touched by a defender and he's on the ground. And it's 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 really hard to watch from a guy who's 230 and doesn't have elite speed to go with that. So I do definitely think the Redskins need to add a running back. I'm 100% a fan of that. I don't even care if it's Crowell, Jeremy Hill, Carlos Hyde. I don't even care if it's an average running back. Just somebody, even like an Orleans Darkwa. I don't care. Throw someone back there, give them competition, bring in a rookie, and just just put new guys back there. Try whatever. Try different types of running backs. Because quite frankly, those guys did not get it done last year. Again, I'm not saying cut P. Ryan because he did show some good things, but... P. Ryan was rough. I am saying probably cut Fat Rob because that was really bad last year. But my one realistic signing that I see the Redskins going after is Taylor Gabriel from the Falcons. I think Jay Gruden last year realized that he misses his deep threat. I think his offense, you know, it still run, it still ran par- fairly well, and Cousins still still did put up pretty good numbers and receivers overall had pretty solid seasons. But I think the one key thing that was missing was just that deep threat, the guy who can pull the safety deep, the guy who can keep a defense honest. And he missed that with Deshaun Jackson. I think he's probably regretting, you know, letting Deshaun Jackson go in free agency last year. And I think Taylor Gabriel is, you know, I don't think he's as good as Deshaun Jackson, but I think he is that type of player where a defense has to always be aware of him. You know, he's he's going to beat you deep every now, like enough to keep you aware of his presence. So I think Taylor Gabriel will be a great signing. I don't think he's going to cost too much because I haven't even heard Many people talking about him. He's still a free. He's going to be a free agent this year. I know a lot of people are talking about like Albert Wilson and Allen Robinson, all those guys. But Gabriel is going to be a nice, solid addition to any football team. And I like, I like him coming to the Redskins as their deep threat. But we're going to transition. Oh, did you want to say something about Taylor Gabriel? No, I was just going to say I agree with everything you're saying. I, I, he was actually pretty high on my list when I was kind of doing a little bit of research trying to think about you know that realistic guy it was between him and uh paul richardson in uh seattle those are two guys that kind of that same role i I completely agree with you yeah i just i just want that role back i don't care even if it's through the draft you know we're going to talk about drafting in a second but like a dj chark type i think would be an interesting player too but i want i want that deep threat back on the redskins but let's kind of get into our draft talk now now we're not going to go deep into the draft do a a mock draft or anything right now because we're actually already kind of late on time for for a normal podcast here but let's let's go over some draft crushes so give me give me a couple draft crushes that you want to see in the Redskins uniform come draft time so my big draft crush anyone who follows me on twitter is Jair Alexander yes oh my goodness (laughs) I mean if you turn on the film watch this kid play 2016 draftbreakdown.com 2016 versus Clemson yes this dude locks up Mike Williams who granted like let's put this into perspective the Clemson Tigers won the national championship beat Alabama 
has Deshaun Watson, future first-round pick, who tore up the NFL. Hope he comes back healthy. But while he was healthy, tore up the NFL. And Mike Williams, who unfortunately didn't rookie year, didn't go exactly how he wanted to, but another future first-round pick. And this dude locked him up. He's got everything I want in a corner. And I am biased, and I can admit that. He reminds me a lot of Jason Brett, who is not the biggest name corner, but if you really follow things, he's had a very successful career. When he's, he's had some injury issues, but he's had a very successful career out in San Diego. He's not a, bit, he's not a big guy, but he Mike Williams, I think 6'3 or 4, bodied him up. You know, You wouldn't know that he was a littler guy. He's got that cornerback attitude. The best way that I've put it is, you know, and Norman's a good example. I want my corners to, they have a little bit of a screw loose up there. You know, <laughs> they line up against anyone. And it's always, I'm better than you. I'm going to beat you on this rep. You're not catching the football. And they need that attitude. And Jair Alexander absolutely has that attitude. He's got inside-outside flexibility. He's smart in zone. He is disciplined in, uh, in press, you know, especially for a smaller guy. I love Jair Alexander. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of his game too. Uh, I love watching that Clemson game. I've actually gone back and watched it a couple times this year just because, you know, whenever I get through like a rut watching some prospects that are just aren't very good, I go back and watch a very good game. And, and he is, he's so fun. I mean, I actually compare him to Norman because I don't think he's as great an athlete as Rhett. Rhett ran like a 4-3 something, but I do see a lot of Rhett's game in him besides that. Uh, I think he's kind of more of like a Norman slash like Joe Hayden type athlete. I think he's going to run around like four fives ish, but ah, man, I mean, give me that kind of competitor, that guy. I mean, I think he is so confident and I love that in cornerbacks. You know, I don't want you to be overconfident and jump routes, but to know that the guy lab across from you is not going to get by you. That is the greatest thing in a cornerback. Uh, any other uh, draft crushes though, that you have that you want to talk about here? Yeah, so I'll go into one more. I don't want to. I know we're running late on time. So if you follow me on Twitter, another one that you know I'm a real big fan of is Ronald Jones, yes, USC running back. But I'm actually not going to get into him because I've tweeted about him plenty. Anyone who follows <laughs> me knows my opinions on him. I think he's going to be great at the next level. But another guy that I actually did uh, in preparation for this show, I didn't get to him as early as I'd like to. Um, Tennessee running back John Kelly. You know, if they do end up missing out, you know, let's say they go. Let's say they go D-line round one, and they go Alexander round two, and I'll be doing somersaults. I don't think he'll be there, but, you know, they go cornerback round two. So now you fast forward to round four, you know, we still do want to address that running back position. Kelly would be great value there. You know, now you're looking at guys like Kelly or Penny, some of these later round guys that, you know, they're not maybe the all-around running back one going to transform an offense, but they can do a lot of things really well. And... I came away from watching Kelly's film a lot higher on him than I thought he'd be. Again, he's not a very big guy, but he's got some pop behind his shoulder pads. He's, he threw a, yeah, I think uh, he was like Sports Center top 10, whatever, for a stiff arm he threw down. I mean, I think this, this guy might be dead. I mean, he just <laughs> killed the guy. He's got some great power. He's got soft hands in the receiving game. He's a shifty guy. He's got enough burst to take it. If you give him that lane, he'll make you pay. You know, he's not going to be, you know, Ezekiel Elliott or Todd Gurley, but he's a good compliment. I think you could really have a good thing, similar to uh, Falcons with the uh, with Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman. You know, mm-hmm. they're kind of similar backs. You know, neither Coleman's a little bit bigger, but they both receive well. They're shifty guys. I think you could run a similar offense with that with a guy like Kelly, pair him with Thompson, and really do some good things. I think you get them on the field at the same time. Kelly's a guy I really came away with pretty high on, higher than I thought I'd be. 
Yeah, I was actually the same way when I watched John Kelly back before the year started. I'm actually going to get into more running back film tonight because I, you know, I've kind of ignored it a little bit to get ready for the draft guide for breaking football with uh, my safety rankings I'm going to be doing. So I've kind of strayed away from the running backs, but I'm going to get into them tonight. But Kelly, I mean, when I was watching him before the season, even though he was still kind of like Kamara's backup at last year or kind of Kamara's split time guy, I mean, he was just wowing me last year. So I'm excited to get into his stuff this year, but I love his contact balance. And that, again, is my number one thing when watching a running back. If they can take hits, absorb hits in the body, and they can stay up, that usually means you're going to be a good running back in the NFL. Alvin Kamara was that last year. Also, Kareem Hunt was that last year in college. And another big one, too, the year before that was Jordan Howard. All of them had top 50 grades for me because they had the contact balance. And those are the things that really translate well to the NFL. And Kelly has that. That's why I'm huge on John Kelly as well. But uh, let me get into one of my draft crushes, a guy I talk about all the time. I love this man to death. Uh, I, I'm, he's my son, essentially. Rayshon Evans out of Alabama. I mean, this guy will kill you. And it's my favorite thing out of a defensive player. When you're just watching film, you're watching a running back trying to pick up a linebacker, and the running back is falling at the quarterback's feet. I love that about running backs, and he does that not to all running backs. He does it to tight ends. He does it to offensive linemen. He'll do that to quarterbacks. If you give him a free shot, he will kill your quarterback. So Rayshon Evans, I think, just what he brings to the table is a top three overall player. He can be an elite pass rusher. He can be your number one speed rusher on your team. He can be your middle linebacker and come and kill people. He can he can drop into coverage and cover a tight end. I don't think he's the greatest zone, greatest zone middle linebacker. I don't think he has the greatest instincts in the world. But if you just ha- like line him up and say, go kill that quarterback, he will. If you line him up and say, go defend the run, he will. And I think that's a great addition to any team. I think he would just be a plug-and-play star on this Redskins defense. I love Rayshon Evans, man. Yeah, he's definitely a fun player to watch. I remember turning on his film. I think it was the LSU game, and the first snap of the game just murdered somebody. I don't know if he was if it was a blitz pickup or the quarterback, but he. I think it was like the first three plays I watched just took a man's life. I mean, he is the ultimate definition of a savage. He's he's the type of guy you want on your defense, no doubt. One hundred percent is, and I think that that play you're referring to because I, I remember I was watching the coaches some of it. I think it was a shovel pass to a tight end. The very beginning of the play, I remember, and, and the tight end was just on the ground before I saw what happened. Because I was watching Minka Fitzpatrick, and I was looking down. I was like, whoa, what happened to the tight end? On the ground to start the play. <laughs> and yeah, that's just that's just Rayshon Evans for you. He's going to be that guy who, if you just line him up, and you basically have to hold him back to start every play. Because he's already going to be raring to go at the, at the offense. He's a complete definition of a dog. And that's the kind of guy I want on my defense, any defense, any day of the week. That's Rayshon Evans for you. But that's all we have for today, uh, today's show, guys. I know we went a little long here, but good talking Redskins here with Justin. So any final words before we call the show, Justin? No, I don't want to take any more time, but I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, of course, man. I've got to definitely get you on here again in the future. But again, guys, I am Zach Hicks. You can find my work on Breaking Football and the Breaking Draft Podcast with my coach, John Valencia. We will join you guys later this week as I probably have on a, like an offensive line expert so we can talk about some guard prospects for the Redskins and and I'll probably bring on a receiver expert too because Breaking Football has one of the best uh, receiver experts in all the game right now Brad Kelly so go give him a follow uh, he's probably gonna love that game a shout on here but I'll probably have those two guys on this next week I haven't really talked to them about it yet but that's what is in store for this next week so again guys uh, that that's all we have for today you guys have a good night